Enjoying these episodes? Give us a shout out on social at Built On Air. We'd love to hear your comments and suggestions. So drop us a like and be sure to subscribe to catch new episodes when they release. It helps us keep the podcast going. Hello and welcome to the Built On Air podcast. Built On Air is a regular podcast where we talk with everyday people and learn about the amazing things they are doing with Airtable. Today's podcast is sponsored by OpenSide, the leading solutions provider for Airtable customers. Check out OpenSide.com to learn more about their products and services that can take your Airtable usage to the next level. Use promo code BUILTONAIR to receive $20 towards any product purchase. In this episode, we're joined by Kuvan Vorderbruggen, who discusses with us her journey from teaching herself coding to ultimately producing multiple scripts recognized by Airtable and the Airtable community for their merit. Drawing on her experience as a technical writer, Kuvan's scripts come well-documented with a detailed explanation of the script's methodology and have a consistent, intuitive structure which makes them easy to follow. We discuss the joys and headaches that come with problem-solving through coding, and later Kuvan shares her spectacular process to create pre-formatted multi-page PDFs using a combination of Airtable, Excel, Microsoft Access, and Word. With Airtable as the user-friendly database, Kuvan shows us how she's able to get dozens of records exported from Airtable to be displayed perfectly with rich text and Word with the aid of Visual Basic Coding. While it's a bit of a complicated process, it's an excellent example of how Airtable can be used as just one step in a larger workflow to accomplish something great. Good morning. Hello. Thank you so much for being on our podcast. It's glad to be here. So um, how long have you been using Airtable? I've been using Airtable for a couple of years now. Okay. So what, uh, what, what project or what task did you start using it for? I actually don't remember the first task that I used Airtable for because it came when I was in a situation where I just really wanted to have a database on my iPad. Uh And I was like, okay, I have Microsoft Access. I use that on a computer, but I want something where I can have it on my iPad. So I went down and I downloaded every single free database app that I could for my iPad, Mm -hmm. went through all of them and eventually deleted every single one of them except for Airtable. And in the process, I just had a lot of like small hobby bases that I was creating. Mm -hmm. So I'm not actually a a professional at this. It's not my job. When I started using Airtable, I was a homeschooling parent. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted to help it be more organized and keep track of some of my things. And I just kept using it and finding more features and liking it more and more. Okay. A similar experience myself. Well, for some background, Airtable recently released scripting as a capability um, for its users. And I saw you had submitted a script that actually won part of a contest. So I want to say congratulations to you. Okay. Thank you. Actually, my script didn't win anything in the contest. It did, but it didn't. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone who submitted something to that contest, um, got a prize, which was very nice. Uh, That was very nice of Airtable to do that. Do you want to just give a a quick rundown of what your script did? Um, Well, actually, I created like three different scripts that I submitted to some of the different contests. Um, Was there one in mind that you had? Um, Let me see, because it's going to be, it's hard for me to explain other people's scripts. So um, I bring this all up because you say you're not a professional and yet 
within the short amount of time that that scripting has been made available, you've already made something that Airtable themselves have seen. Well, this is a really useful thing. Yeah, I think I've written about three. So I've, I think I've published demos for like three scripts. I've written about six complete scripts. And I've also helped troubleshoot a bunch of other scripts and formulas that, that other people have posted on the community. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm currently not a professional at either Airtable or coding. But mm-hmm. what happened was I was a homeschooling parent, but eventually I knew my kids were going to grow up and I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do with the next stage of my life. And I thought, well, you know, learning how to code sounds interesting. I had never really considered myself as a coder, but I thought, well, let me give it a try. I had no time and no budget whatsoever, but there's this free code camp website that you Mm -hmm. can use in your spare time and it's free. So I started learning from free code camp and that's how I learned JavaScript. Mm-hmm. And it just happened that I had a few months of free code camp to work through most of their JavaScript just before the scripting block was released. Mm-hmm. So I had just recently learned JavaScript and scripting block came out and I thought, hey, this is this wonderful new opportunity to put all that JavaScript that I've learned to use. That's convenient. I uh, I kind of knew JavaScript beforehand, and I remember when they released scripting, I was like, oh, it uses JavaScript logic. This will be easy. And then I tried to dive headfirst into making my own script, and boy, was I confused. Were you, did you find that you were, you know, well prepared for your first script that you tried to make? Well, my first script was Hello World, but I should back up a little bit. Before I was a homeschooling parent, I was a technical writer and I wrote Mm -hmm. documentation for software. Yeah. So I got used to fiddling around with computer programs to figure out how they work. Mm -hmm. And I also got used to learning how to write documentation. So I ended up reading documentation. And one of the first few things that I did was fiddled around with it, said, I have no idea what I'm doing. And I went and I read the entire documentation in that little, little tiny window. I could read about 10 lines of text yep, at I know a what time you mean. in that documentation window because this was before they had the website. And I just read that whole thing so that I knew what all of the methods were, what all the properties were, all the things, all the examples of how they could do to get an idea of what all the vocabulary was. And then it was just applying my existing JavaScript knowledge and my object-oriented knowledge that I'd gained as a technical writer Mm -hmm. um, and putting it all together. That's pretty interesting that you bring that up, that the originally the the documentation for the Airtable scripting block was in just a a, a window that took up a maybe a fifth of, of your screen. Very difficult to kind of navigate. And they, since then, have, you know, exported it to its own website, making it much more easy to handle. Um, from your background in absorbing all of all of these different technical documents and all these other documentations, would you say that it's, it's critical <laughs> that documentation be as clear and as readable as possible? I would say so. Oh, absolutely. I'm biased because I used to be a technical writer, sure. but... Everything that I was able to do was because I read that documentation Mm -hmm. and I Googled stuff about JavaScript. It helped that not only did I have the procedural knowledge of JavaScript that I got from FreeCodeCamp, as I mentioned before, I was a technical writer, and I actually wrote my first code in 
macros in Microsoft Word using mm. that ended up being in Visual Basic. Yeah. And so that's how I learned about object-oriented stuff and writing functions. And some of that code is actually in the project that I'm going to show later. Okay. Um, so it just was one of these things where I had this background of a little bit about of programming from writing code in Microsoft Word. And I had just recently learned JavaScript from Free Code Camp. Mm -hmm. And then scripting bot came out, and I personally love databases. Yeah, <laughs> the trifecta. <laughs> and back then, my kids had just recently joined, um, had gone to school, so I wasn't mm -hmm. homeschooling, so I had more time in my day to work on that. Yeah, yeah, because it it does take time, especially when you're when you're self taught. Um, something as as complicated as coding is. There's, a, there's syntax that you have to remember. Not every scripting language is the same. I'm sure you've noticed Visual Basic and JavaScript aren't super similar, uh, <laughs> but there's, there's some concepts that kind of carry over. Um, but yeah, I'm just thinking of the, the future of all of the different possibilities opened up by um, the scripting block in Airtable and, and how important it's going to be to have clear and accessible um, documentation for it. So for the different scripts that I released out to the community, I actually found that coming up with the idea for the script and coming up with the algorithm was pretty quick. Mm -hmm. It was most of the time was spent at least initially just going through and working out the bugs as I was trying to learn the API. Mm -hmm. And then another half of the time was actually spent just basically writing documentation. It was documentation in the user interface that I created itself saying this is what you're supposed to do. Documentation that says this is how the script is supposed to be run. This is what each function does and all of that so that people would be able to take it and say, okay, how am I supposed to adapt it? So mm. half of my time writing these scripts is actually doing the documentation for it. Um, and I commend you for doing so. I, at this point, I have released one script myself and um, I wrote some kind of instructions, but I didn't, I probably didn't explain as much as I could have. Um, and it's, it's an important and difficult skill to acquire, being able to explain what it is you've just done, you know, in, in, in people language. Yeah. Like I, I can write an if statement any day of the week, but <laughs> to, to tell just anybody what it does, it, it does, sometimes it hurts my head, oh. but yeah. Um, so, yeah, but, so one thing that I learned, I don't remember where I picked it up, but, but writing code is you have to have the computer able to read the code, but what's mm -hmm. even more important is making sure that other humans can read the code because that's what makes it maintainable and that's what makes it more robust so that the people can adapt it for future situations. Mm -hmm. So some of my scripts, I got the idea for them by just extending scripts I'd already seen. And so because I'm kind of working with existing blocks of code, I have to continue on using the same naming conventions for variables. And obviously, like you're saying, readable to humans. If I'm talking about a date, my variable probably has to have the word date in it. And I can't just say X equals something or other. <laughs> So it's it's a it's a, a habit I'm trying to break, um, but so many different people have jumped jumped right in and have already produced so much, including yourself. 
um, who are good role models for people like me who aren't used to that quite yet. I, I love learning from the community. I, I would say that a lot of the ideas that I came up with were inspired by the community at Airtable. Mm-hmm. It'd be someone saying, hey, I want something that can do this. Or someone else saying, hey, here's something that can be done. And I think, oh, that's really cool. How can I extend that and make it even better? Mm-hmm. And a lot of the other stuff when I was writing scripts, uh, I hadn't actually written that much JavaScript before. I, I've never been paid to write a line of code. So there were just different stylistically things that I could learn from looking at other people's code and how they wrote their header sections and things like that. What kind of software license to release my code from I got all of that from the community. Um, would you say you're also, the way you've approached coming up with your ideas for scripts is born out of necessity? And by that, I mean, um, this feature doesn't exist in, in Airtable let me develop a script specifically to solve this feature request I would have that would take months and months and months for them to, to implement. Okay. Um, actually, I've been really surprised at how quickly Airtable has implemented some features. I think mm-hmm. they've been really great on that, but you never know in advance what they're going to release. Right. I'm fortunate or unfortunate, depending on how the case may be, that I don't have people coming to me and saying, hey, solve this problem for me right away because... Mm-hmm aren't paying me to do that. I wish they would. Um, So I find that I'll wake up in the morning sometimes and I'll have like, suddenly there'll be this idea of something that I want to do with Airtable and maybe it involves a script or not. Um, But a lot of my ideas come from people saying, hey, I want to be able to do this. And it's either, well, you could have to pay to get a Zapier integration and Mm -hmm. try and pull all these different moving parts together and you'd have to have a page subscription or you could just write a script. Mm-hmm. And to me, it's better having a script that does it because then it can tweak little things that you know. The only thing that's not so great about scripts right now is you still have to press the run button. Yeah, I feel like that's that's one of my um, hopes is that eventually they'll be able to just run themselves or run at a specified interval like Zapier does every 15 minutes, every 10 minutes or something like that. Um, on my personal wish list are, are more input types. I don't know if you've run into this. Yes. <laughs> Every script I've done so far for some reason has to do with scheduling and dates. And I would kill for like a, a, a date picker right now. Well, one of the projects for the scripts that I'm doing is a script that will go and it'll be a helper function where you will pass it a field definition type. Mm-hmm. And then it will gather the input from the user and it will validate that input based on the field type and then return that answer. But, Mm. well, right now there's this thing called a coronavirus. And (laughs) I I was trying not to bring it up. I I, I was not homeschooling. Uh But suddenly now I have kids at home and a whole household and I don't have nearly the amount of time that I'd like to work on this. But that is one of the projects that I am working on. Mm -hmm. And it's, about halfway done, not counting the documentation. Right. I'm kind of the opposite in that um, I'm also quarantined in my house, but I have way too much time on my hands. And so that means doing a bunch of Airtable stuff. But uh, let's take, let's take a look at um, the example you want to show with us today. Okay. All right. So you've already seen the actual booklet of what it looks like. And then this is going to be a little bit tricky because I was going for it. It took me a while to build this workflow, but it actually involves Airtable, Microsoft Excel, Microsoft Access, 
and Microsoft Word. So I'm going to have to be switching back and forth between all of those different apps. Mm -hmm. So just bear with me as I try and figure out how to share all of the different screens, okay? Of course. I am so interested. I can't even fathom how what you're about to show me is possible. Okay. I'm so ready. <laughs> okay. So first, let me show you what the finished booklet is going to look like. That'll help understand a little bit more what we're going. So this is self-published by Mark Merriweather Vorderbergen, and it's a little booklet that he does for different classes that he teaches. And right now, this is just a PDF file where it's set where it can be printed at home. It's got a table of contents, some other static text that stays the same. But what happens is that we get into this section near the end, near the middle, which is the bulk of it, where we have a list of all the different plants, scientific names, the different parts, and different ways of using it for medicinal uses of these different plants. And so you can see it's got a lot of nice formatting in it. It's got, you know, special styles on the headings. It's got some metallic text. It's got this fancy table in here. And you'll even notice that we have a table that has cells that span multiple cells. Right. And other things like here, you can see sometimes some plants will have a scientific name. And some plants will also have, if I can find one, a common name. So like mm -hmm. here. So I needed some way where I didn't want to store all this information in the Word document that was capable of producing all of this um, formatting. But I needed a way of getting it out of Airtable that would also manage to have all of this fancy formatting in it that would do it quickly and easily. So if we made it once and then he wanted to make some changes in the text, I could just recreate it quickly without any manual steps and, and without having, well, it's changed in the document, but now we need to go back and change it in Airtable. I didn't want any of that. I wanted a single source. Right. And then it also did some neat little things because we have in the back is an index. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to be able to have this index automatically generated based on all of the content. Mm -hmm. So that was the end goal. And this is how we got there. So first we started with the database. This actual database has a lot more fields in it. I'm just showing you some of the ones that we have now that are relevant for this particular workflow. Yeah, I see there are 70 hidden fields. My goodness. <laughs> um, yeah, there, there's a lot of other stuff. Um, we just don't need to get into it. This was also sure. built a lot, of, a lot of way. There's just a lot of information that he's gathering in it. And you can also see underneath plants, there's some 360 plants in there. Yeah. So there's each plant, we have the common name for it, the plant type, the scientific name, some other common names, and a little field that says, well, not we want to include it in the booklet, because we don't want every plant in the booklet. He makes different booklets for different regions and different purposes, so that was another thing where I wanted to be able to say, okay, new booklet, I want these plants in it now, and quickly regenerate it. Sure. And then there's the medicinal uses, and so for each plant, there's several different medicinal uses we want the part, the purpose, the preparation, and some other information that you saw that was in the booklet. So all of this text here is where it's all edited here. If he wants to add another row, another plant, he does all of that in Airtable. Mm -hmm. And some of it you can see like the purpose, some of that's going to be a long text field. And that was important to realize that it's a long text field because you might want to have like a little paragraph or something that's going to be longer than what a short text field can hold. Sure. Okay. So it's all arranged in here. And then what I did was I was like, 
I experimented for so long trying to figure out how can I get it out of Airtable into something else. One of the most common ways of getting things out of Airtable is you just, you know, you do an export to a CSV file. Mm -hmm. Well, that's great unless you have a comma in your text field or you have line text and you can see here in my purpose, there's lots of commas all over the place. Yep. So, well, what can you do? What you can do is you can copy and paste into Excel. And so what I'll do is I go through and what I will do is I'll have my filter and I'll say, I just want these where the include is checked. So it'll only going to show the pants that I included. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to select all. I'm pressing control C, copying on it, mm-hmm. paste it into Excel. And here in Excel, I have the setup where it has the exact same column names that mm-hmm. I had before in here. So yep. everything's going to match up. Paste it all in. And then you'll notice, so these are not exactly the same names that they are, but they're pretty close to the same names that they were in Airtable. And then these are actually going to be used in a mail merge sort of-ish kind of thing because I kept running into more and more things going on. Okay. Other thing you'll notice is line two. See how it all says one, hold for conversion? Yep. That's because I also found there's weird things that go on where when you have really long text fields that they get truncated when you try and do a mail merge on them unless the very first record is really long. Okay. So it took a lot of experiment to get it, but basically mm-hmm. all you saw, all it did there was pasted in there. Now, first I tried doing a mail merge into Word directly from this, and I found out I just couldn't get all of the formatting that I wanted. So I said, okay, well, you know what? I know a way I can get some more formatting, and what that is, is with Microsoft Access, because I'd used that before. Okay. So then what I do is now I have my, you can see here I've got my numbered step. The first thing that I do is from Airtable. It's an Excel spreadsheet. And mm-hmm. That's number one, and I copy and I paste into that. Then number two is from Air, is an Ac- Microsoft Access database. Mm-hmm. Open that up, and you can see here that the only table in here is it's plants from Excel linked. So this actually gets the information from Microsoft Excel. Okay. So it's linked. So it's all this stuff here, and I cannot actually edit it here, any of this stuff. Okay. It won't like it. All this does then is it takes this in, and then it's going to make an RTF report. And it's going to look really weird and ugly. So if we open up, it's got all this stuff here, which mm-hmm. is weird codes and stuff like that. And what I'm going to do here is I'm going to take this, and I'm going to save it to an RTF file. Export Word RTF file. I'm going to save this. And that saved it into this file here, Mm -hmm. access to RTF. When I open that, it's going to look exactly like the RTF file looked like when it was in Microsoft Excel, excuse me, access. And it's got all these little things here, start plant group here and plant group here, all this. So this is little codes that it's put in that the macros in Word are going to use to interpret, to turn into all the fancy formatting with the tables and all of that. But this is just an RTF file that was exported from Access, so there's no code in it. So I have to open the one that has the Word file that has the macros in it. So this is step four, plant macros. Open it up here. Here it's got some old stuff from the last time I ran the macro. Mm-hmm. Let's just go ahead and delete it all. So you can see I deleted everything. It's got nothing in it. Mm-hmm. I take here, this is my RTF file. Let's select all, copy, go over here my file with the macros, paste it in, 
and then go and I have a little button up here that will just run the word macro. So let me just click that, it says it's gonna run. Then I just sit back and you can see that the macro in Word is going and changing a bunch of stuff, applying the formatting, it's gonna create the tables, it's gonna create the indexes and all of that. And then it's done. Wow, okay. <laughs> so there it is, so now I have formatted text, tables, borders on the tables, italics, and then if you go through and view some of the stuff, um, this is a new version of Word that I'm ending it on, so I don't quite remember where all the things are. I think, here we go. So you can see here, it's created these individual things that you want to see here, here where it says this XE. So this is an index entry that Word is going to use to create the index at the end of the booklet. Sure. And it's got other ones here. Okay. So all of that was created by the Word macro. Mm -hmm. And then I can just take this and then I copy and paste it into another document that has all that little front matter with the table of contents at the beginning and the nice mm -hmm. pretty picture on the cover. Sure. So that's how it is. That's the basic things. And then I can go here and I can look at it. And the idea is I can look here and I can say, oh, you know what? We made a mistake. We need to add this other plant. Or, oh, you know what? I don't want this plant anymore. And then they can say, you know what? Hey, I don't want that. What we can do, it's, it's no problem. Okay, fine. You don't want that plant. You want to make this edit? You know, right now it's got American Holly in it. I don't want it. Just clear that so it's not included in the booklet. Go back here. Airtable is going to automatically pull that out of my view because it's my filter. Mm -hmm. And then I could just copy and then repeat all seven steps of it again without having to touch anything other than those steps that are always going to stay the same. Right. And that took you, I think, four minutes. Very, <laughs> very simple. Obviously, it took you who knows how long to write all the macros and, and to figure out this process, but... Um, like you're saying, <laughs> well, of course. Um, but you're, you're saying you're working with someone else in order to get all of this information in, in the ear table in the first place. Mm -hmm. It's this kind of process that relieves the headache of, of getting something that looks nice, a nice little export. And I commend you because of my goodness, <laughs> incredible. Yes. Because originally when I was working with him, he'd say, okay, I want to format in this little booklet. And then we'd find like a typo and he'd want to just fix it just right there in the word document i'm like no you can't yeah. do that you, you have to go back to your original source and you've got to fix it there or there just be little things that we want to see and i'm like i want to make sure that we capture the latest information and have it be easy enough to generate the finished one so that you can actually see what it looks like because when you look at it in the Airtable interface, it doesn't look at all what it's going to look like in the finished booklet. And that's what's really going to tell you how you want things to show up. Right. And, and, and getting this workflow down, I said I, I needed it to be under 10 minutes. And that's what this workflow did. And it was all free because we already had Microsoft Access and mm -hmm. all the other word problems. And like recently, I think Airtable has released a, um, a new custom block, a new block that will supposed to make creating documentation easier, but that requires the pro plan for Airtable plus the subscription for the other service to do it. True. And this is basically free. Yeah. If um, you can they, write the code. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it takes an incredible amount of skill um, and a lot of time, as you said, in order to do it. And yeah, I, I think what, just to clarify again, 
there's there's a myriad of solutions using Airtable to to get a database to become a PDF of some sort. But it all what none of those include really is what if you have a bunch of other text that you want to include, like your use case. You're you're writing a book, and the first part of that book isn't gonna it's not gonna make sense to be in in the database. So. Yeah. Again, well, I mean, we incredible. could have put that in the database. It's just that that part didn't change. To me, what it was, was I wanted formatting. I wanted a lot of formatting. And Airtable is not, it's not set up to be a desktop publishing solution. And it, it's not, it no. shouldn't have to be. Um, but Microsoft Word is. Microsoft Word has all of these formatting issues. It can generate a table of contents and an index automatically. You can preview, you can create this PDF file. And it's trying to bring those two systems together. This is this is for, for most publishing situations. I think this would be overkill. Um, but when you want to have tables with merged cells and fancy borders, it's really nice to be able to do something quick and free. Um, I, I I can't obviously speak for everyone, but I'm I'm thinking of this for um, in my day to day job. We um, we're we're basically architects, and we go after different projects. And when we um, are putting out our qualifications for a project, we'll have a stack of sheets of, of PDFs, right, that show all of the projects that we've done before, and they're all supposed to be pulling from one source, um, but we make them in InDesign, not Word, and so it's difficult to go back and make sure all of the versions of those PDFs remain the same, and what I wanted to do was something like you've done, um, you know, store all that information in an um, in the air table and then just have a process that generates for me all of these different um, um, exportable PDFs and things that I can attach to the rest of the document. And again, this is with word, but it, it shows me that it's possible. <laughs> yeah, that it, it is possible. And it's, it's really convoluted and it's overkill for a lot of situations. Um, the reasons why I felt I had to do it this way was, so, for example, if you look at the little workflow that I've, I've got numbered here, let me close some of these windows, you're like, well, I could have just gone and pasted into Excel, and if I didn't need the heavy table formatting, I could have just done a mail merge from Excel into Word, and that would mm -hmm. have been fine. But I needed the heavy table formatting when I needed, so that's why I needed Access. Well, mm -hmm. if I have everything in Access, why do I need the Excel? Well, I need the Excel because I can't just copy and paste into Access. Mm -hmm. Access won't create all those uh, new cells and that new rows the way Excel will. Yeah. So that's why I had to have both of those. And also, when you have something like Access, Access can actually produce some fairly nice, very complicated formatting in it, but then it's static. It's set. You can't go and say, you know what, I want to add a page break right here. Mm -hmm. So that's why I had to go from Access into Microsoft Word. And what I also liked about Word was it gave me all of those macros, everything in Visual Basic, so I could do a lot of the formatting and cleanup and do things like creating index entries automatically, which I couldn't do without a scripting language. Because I don't think InDesign has a scripting language, does it? Yeah. <laughs> yes and no. I'm going to say no to keep it simple. <laughs> well, I mean, a lot of things will have macros or little things that they can do, but they're not full scripting language the way right. Visual Correct. Basic is. Yeah. Just, again, incredible. Um, and again, I want to point out the the problem solving that you ha had to do in order to get um, 
to get your finished product, figuring out at what step, which program has to do which task is the, is the best way to say it. And you just explained it perfectly. You can't add new cells to, to access. So you need to use Excel and vice versa. You needed extra formatting. So you had to use access. You couldn't go straight from Excel. Um, and then there were really weird things. Like I said, I found in in the Excel spreadsheet, oh, it's because it's got, I had to create this new one because row because I couldn't figure out why all of my text was getting truncated. It's mm-hmm. like, wait a minute, why? And then it was a lot of digging around on the internet to find out eventually, oh, the problem is if it's not the very first row that's a long text field, then it all gets truncated, even if you tell access that it's a long trunk field. So it's mm-hmm. a lot, a lot, a lot of digging up little quirks like that and trying to solve them. And that skill actually translated very well when I was trying to write scripts for mm-hmm. the scripting block, because it's the same kind of research of looking up, why isn't this doing what I expect it to do? Mm-hmm. To try and figure that out. And then finding out, well, what's the workaround? Yeah. Have you um, tried or or thought of using a script in some way with this particular workflow? Uh, this workflow I actually created a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. And I might be able to do something with the script, but I don't think I necessarily need to right now because it's such a complicated process that I, I don't want to mess with it right now. It works sure. very well. Yeah. Um. It's also one that I don't have to do that often anymore. If it were something that I had to do every day, multiple times a day, yeah, I would probably mm-hmm. look into more scripting solutions for that. Yeah. You know, but but it's, it's actually very nice because now, before I only had scripting available in the Microsoft Office side. Now there's scripting that I could do in the Airtable side, mm-hmm. as well as all the Microsoft Office right. products. So I could probably cut down on a lot of this stuff um, mm-hmm. I just have to figure out all of that code if I were yeah. to write a column scripting block. And that's, it's a lot of code. Uh, I'm sure it is. if you want to is. see some of it. Yeah, um, please. So this is what, if I can see the editor. So this is the Visual Basic. Mm-hmm. This is what Visual Basic's editor looks like. Mm-hmm. So the main, yeah, so, so I wrote this two years ago before I learned JavaScript. And so I did <laughs> stupid things like I said, I named my functions run me. <laughs> I don't do that anymore. If it and so like, good. here's what it is. And you can see it's very different from JavaScript. There's, so yeah. there's no semicolons. There's no curly braces. Um, we have the word sub and sub. That when you, when you, you call a function, you actually don't put spaces. You don't put parentheses around your function parameters. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it, it was very difficult going from one method to another. Yeah. Um, I, I would do weird things when I was trying to learn one language and then another, and I wasn't really very up on either one. I'd be like, why isn't this working out? It's because I'm putting in semicolons on every line and you're not supposed to have them anymore. Right. And I think, um, VBA has literal if then statements where you have to write the word then. Is that right? Yeah. So a lot of different, slightly different syntax. Um, let me see if I can see. Yeah. So yeah. see here, you've got if then, and so so if mm-hmm. that's oh that drives me nuts because okay, in Visual Basic you have to have the if and then the word then. Yeah. In JavaScript you have to have if and then you have to have parentheses Early, yeah. around where you're evaluating. 
And then it's curly. And then you braces. have your formulas in Airtable, and then you yeah. have to have the word if with a parentheses and no space in between. Yeah. So trying to go all these different languages, it's like, okay, I know exactly my algorithm. I want an if statement or a switch mission that does this. And then I have to go back and I think, okay, what's the syntax for that again in this language? Mm -hmm. so. It's hard to keep it all straight. Yeah. No. But actually, I find that that's the easy part is because I was learning coding at the same time, I'm just used to having my script, my, my reference sheet right next to me that has mm -hmm. the exact syntax. I'm used to going and looking up and seeing, well, why doesn't this work? And so I'll just go and I'll just, I'll Google it and Google it and Google it until I find out what's going wrong and what it should be. Mm -hmm. yeah. Thank you so much um, for showing this. Again, I, can, I cannot get over how amazing I find this process to be just because it's so, you said it's convoluted. I don't think it is. I think this is about as efficient as it possibly could be um, in order to get what you wanted to get. Yeah. I think it's convoluted because most times what it's nice is you just, you click a single export button and you have what you want. Yeah. This involves four different programs. It does, but also you're just copying and pasting really to, or fr from my, from my view, obviously. Oh, yeah. it, it, it's 100% yeah. copy, paste, click, run. Yeah. 100% that, but, but you still have to copy paste <laughs> and you still have to have four okay. different programs. I think in a, I guess in a perfect world, you'd be able to export straight from Airtable to, I guess, access is the, the, the first step you might be able to get it straight into if you were able to, you know, do some more tweaking. Um, Actually, if I were to redo this now, probably what I would do is I would run, I'd create a script that would dump everything to a plain text file. And then I would have Microsoft Word import the plain text file and run its macros to do its thing. Oh, okay. So you're saying skipping straight to the RTF portion, basically. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. But that would require A so lot. much more code. Yes, it would. <laughs> and this works. really tough. Um, yeah, it works and it works great. I think this is a, an excellent demonstration of um, how you can incorporate Airtable into another workflow, even if that workflow does involve multiple other programs as opposed to just saying one or two extra. Thank you so much for your time. Um, if you have anything you want to plug for our subscribers, here's a chance. The only thing I have to say is right now I'm still transitioning to trying to find a new career. Um, if anyone is interested in hiring me, <laughs> we will put your website in the description and um some we'll point to some of your scripts as well on the community um forum because they're all very useful of course uh i want to say i wish you um great fortune in your endeavors and also please be safe in this tumultuous time in our country you too yeah thank you so much for being here um you have a thank great you day for having me